0: the iowa wild have been struggling in the month of january but a familiar name starting to heat up down in iowa we'll talk about that as well as the pwhl minnesota ladies suffering their first regulation loss of the season and a familiar name set to return to the central division all that and more on today's bonus episode of lockdown wild we are your team every day You're Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, this is Brandon Duham and this is Locked On Wild. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into today's bonus episode of Locked On Wild. Once again, we are your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we'll talk a little Iowa Wild. Despite the Iowa Wild finding themselves 2-6-1 and one in January, a familiar name is starting to heat up down south. We'll also talk about the PWHL, had a chance to watch the ladies in action last night, and we'll recap a 2-1 to loss to Montreal. And we'll also talk about Zach Parisi signing eminent in the Central Division. All that on today's show. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit Fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, credentialed a Wild Media member, and uh, giving you a bonus episode here today as we took care of our preview for tonight's game against the Nashville Predators and a few other things that were making uh, the rounds that uh, I wanted to get to here today as well. And let's start with the Iowa Wilds 2-6-1. and one. In January so far, it has not been a great start to 2024 uh, so far this season. And you look at the results uh, getting swept by the Grand Rapids Griffins by uh, identical 4-1 scores in the first weekend of January. A split with the San Diego Gulls, a 3-2 shootout loss, and a uh, 2-1 win in overtime in those games so uh four, 3 out of a potential 4 points there uh then a uh losing two straight to the Tucson Roadrunners 3 to 1 and 4 to 1 uh losing to the Rockford IceHogs 4 to 1 on the 20th and a split with the Texas Stars winning the first game 3 to 2 but then losing the second game of that series 7 to 4 and it was 7 to nothing at one point before the Iowa Wild rattled off the final four games of the of the uh, final four scores of the game. And one name in particular had uh, a pretty uh, solid night, um, at least scoring-wise, for the Iowa Wild. That, of course, was Adam Beckman. He finished the game with two goals. He had eight shots on net in the loss to Texas, but he did have the two goals. And you look at his performance over the last... Three games. He has four goals in that span, including three straight games with the goal. He scored against Rockford and then he scored in both games of that uh, two game series against Texas. And that brings Beckman's total to nine goals, 10 assists, 19 points in 33 games for the Minnesota Wild so far this season. And so it's taken Beckman a little while to. Get going. He recently went through a stretch in which he scored against Rockford on November eighteenth, but did not score a goal again until just five days ago. So went through a lengthy goal drought. But this, I think presents an interesting question with Adam Beckman starting to kind of get himself back on track. Is it time that we see Beckman given an opportunity to hop up to the NHL roster to try to help contribute in the spot that Jake Lucchini is currently operating under for the Minnesota Wild? Now, I will say as well, we learned in uh, Morning Skate today, Vinny Letary was on the ice for the first time since breaking his foot, and so he appears to be working his way back toward being able to uh, reoccupy that spot that he had for a good portion of the season. But I just want to go to what Lucini has done since he stepped into the lineup for um, a more regular role uh, on the 21st against the Hurricanes. He's played seven minutes and 30 seconds, almost like clockwork. 735 against Carolina, 732 against against Washington, and his high-water mark for time on ice occurred on January 2nd against the Calgary Flames, 10 minutes, 41 seconds. And I know that time on ice is largely variable to what is going on throughout the course of the game. What is where you're at in the game? Are you ahead by a lot? Are you trailing by a lot? But the thing that is kind of a little bit of a head-scratcher for me is that in these six games in which Luchini has played, he has a total of two shots, and those came in his first game of the season against the Boston Bruins. He had two shots in just over 10 minutes of time on ice. Beyond that it has been mostly just kind of here for the ride minutes. And uh, you look at, you know, he has thrown just a couple of hits. He's been getting more face-offs with Connor Dewar out of the uh, the lineup, or at least he did to start. But y- you look at what he's done over these last uh, couple of games. He went uh, three out of five in the face-off circle against Washington. He was one out of seven in the face-off circle against Carolina. And so I know you're trying to at least get somebody in there who can take a face-off on that fourth line, but guess what? We also, as of right now, have Freddie Goudreau on that fourth line because you've seen some better play. The uh, the combination of Foligno, Eriksson, and Boldy. Was good against the Capitals. You've got that third line combination uh, of Johansson, Hartman, and Maroon, and so John Hines not wanting to um, not wanting to juggle those, but Freddie Gaudreau is capable of being a center. Like he's playing wing right now, but he's more than capable of being a center. And so my question becomes: Are you really getting the most out of those minutes? And this has been the thing with Adam Raska as well. Is he'll play maybe four, four and a half minutes over the course of a game, and yeah, he's throwing more hits. So you could argue that he is being more impactful. But it feels like it is time, at least until Doer and Laterra are ready to return. Feels like it's time to get another player capable of shooting and scoring on that line. And now that Beckman has got himself in a groove, got himself into a rhythm here over these last few games. We've seen in the past that he is capable of being somebody that is a shoot-first, ask-questions-later type player. And so maybe it's something that obviously with just two games left before the All-Star break, the odds of that happening are probably not likely. But depending on the injury situations for Letary in particular, and for Dewar as well, it it seems as though Adam Beckman is starting to knock a little louder on the door of a potential opportunity to go back to the NHL club and see what he can offer this team. Um, the rest, at least for a uh, a short stint up top, because you don't have to worry about cap space anymore. Jared Spurgeon being on long-term injured reserve and done for the year, you've got the cap space to be able to afford to bring him up. So why not? Because I don't know. I, and I know there's way more to it than simply shots and time on ice, but if you're, if you're not throwing hits out there, you like, I just would like to see maybe a different, Somebody else get an opportunity to uh, to see what he is capable of offering to this mix, and helping out with hashtag greater good. So Beckman certainly certainly worthy goals in three straight. We'll see if he uh, we'll see if the knocks get answered or if he continues to be able to knock louder because the Iowa Wilds next play tomorrow at home against the San Diego Gulls. So maybe if he has a solid weekend series on Friday and Saturday, you could maybe see him up with the NHL squad once the uh, NHL season resumes after the All-Star break. So good for Adam Beckman getting himself back on track. But again, the Iowa Wild 2-6-1 and one in, uh, in the month of January, that's it's not where you want to be. Uh, it's not where you want to be at all. Uh, we'll transition from there to the PWHL as the uh, Minnesota ladies were in action last night, had a chance to watch a large majority of the game. And so we'll uh, talk about what we saw as uh, the ladies suffered their first regular season or regulation loss of the season. Uh, we'll talk about that. Some of the reasons that Montreal was able to steal a two to one win at the X. That's all on the way as we continue today's episode of Locked On Wilds. After this, today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL postseason is nearing the crescendo, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. That's one hundred and fifty bucks in bonus bets win or lose. FanDuel makes betting incredibly easy. They offer live same-game parlays. So while you're watching the Minnesota Wild tonight, if you get the feeling in the first period that things are going to be chaotic the rest of the way, maybe you hop in and bet the second period over. Or if both goalies start to stand on their heads, maybe you go with the third period under. There are a ton of same-game parlays to choose from. You can also find bets in the Explore tab and put together an unbeatable parlay in the parlay hub. Folks, one of my favorite bets to look at is the anytime goal scorer, Kirill Kaprizov currently plus 140, followed by Philip Forsberg at plus 150, Jewel Eriksson Eck at plus 195, and Ryan O'Reilly at plus 210. Ryan O'Reilly, a Minnesota Wild killer, so would not be surprised if he finds the net in this one tonight. Regardless of which bets you choose, make sure to visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to today's bonus episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Reminder to join us after the game tonight for another Locked on Wild postcast. A big one for the Minnesota Wild here today as they host the Nashville Predators. We will have you covered uh, with a uh, postcast this evening, so make sure to join us on YouTube uh, about a half hour after the game is over. Had a chance to watch last night with the Wild not in action. Had a chance to watch the PWHL, and uh, a fun battle between Minnesota and Montreal. Montreal ended up taking the win by a score of two to one with a late goal in the third period and big credit to Elaine Chuli, the goalie for Montreal uh, twirled a gem stopping 45 out of 46 shots. Uh, Nicole Hensley was great for, uh, for Minnesota just came down to that, that weird early goal that was deflected in off of a stick. Um, And then Montreal being able to just kind of outlast because that was the that was the big thing that I took away from watching the game last night was that it seemed like Minnesota was on the attack just relentlessly. And they have certainly some high caliber players that can push the attack almost at will, you know, Taylor Heisey, Liz Shepherds, Abby Boreen and uh, Grace Zumwinkle were the ones leading the way, at least from a shots perspective. But Minnesota had some great chances. They had some looks in close that they just weren't able to get uh, past Chuli for what would have been at that point the tying goal. They had great looks down the stretch. Um, just just could not crack the uh, the Montreal net, and they had a few instances instances on the power play. In which Montreal did a great job of walling off the net and just preventing Minnesota from getting up close and being able to um, being able to slide one past. Did have, I believe, at one point one that hits the post and just missed going in. But uh, one, a couple of the things that I enjoyed from last night's game: that great pace, great back and forth pace. Uh, to this game I mean 46 shots from Minnesota uh, Montreal was not super far behind they got dominated pretty early in the shots department it was about um 24 to 11 I think midway through the second period and you know Montreal finished with 26 so they were able to uh to sustain the attack but the thing that I I was impressed by was there's plenty of physicality. Uh, in these games, they don't shy away from it in the slightest. There were some heavy hits by both sides, uh, including up to and or potentially after the whistle. Um, they do not shy away from the physicality one bit in those games. And so it, it was a lot of fun to see the PWHL product. Obviously, the support here in Minnesota has been just massive and Minnesota continues to pace the league from an attendance standpoint and i think that is large in large part due to kind of the foundation that the Minnesota Whitecaps were able to uh, to lay here in the state of Minnesota and it's unfortunate with you know how things in previous iterations have gone but it's very evident that there is a solid foundation and a solid fan base to support the PWHL um, in their in their endeavors, and Minnesota being the state of hockey, you talk about that phrase. And I know a lot of people from outside the state of Minnesota point to the lack of Stanley Cups and say, "Well, how can you call yourself the um, the state of hockey if you've never hoisted the Stanley Cup?" Well, folks, it, it comes down to a few different things. Obviously, you have. The state high school hockey tournament, which is just a, an absolute spectacle every year from around the country, people come to Minnesota to watch these high school teams duke it out at the XL energy center to anoint the state champions. That's one pillar of the, uh, of the, the notion of the state of hockey. Obviously the collegiate hockey here is second to none. And produces rich traditions of teams like the the Gophers, but there are plenty of others that have rich traditions as well. And you see a ton of players that have lined the NHL throughout the NHL's history that have been from Minnesota. And so those are all pieces of it, but we are reminded just how much of a role women's hockey plays in the equation by seeing the XL Energy Center filling up consistently for these PWHL games. And the ladies play again on Saturday. Obviously, there's a lot going on on Saturday with Hockey Day Minnesota, with the Minnesota Wild playing the uh, the Anaheim Ducks at the X at 8 o'clock. And with the uh, the PWHL going on, I'll be trying to catch as much of that as I can. Um, and again, as I've mentioned, we're working on getting some more consistent PWHL content um, throughout what we have already done with Lockdown wild. So stay tuned there. But what's evident to me is that it's it's very entertaining. It was an entertaining game to watch. Those ladies can absolutely play. And so I am happy in the state of hockey that we have the ability to have a PWHL team here that looks like they're going to be a pretty darn good team to keep an eye on here throughout the rest of the season. So even though the ladies came up short last night, great goalie battle and uh, a, a fun back and forth between those two teams. Just came down to a couple of instances, a couple of opportunities that uh, Minnesota was not able to cash in on. But um, goalie standing on top of her head, that, that certainly uh, has a lot to do with that. So um, I had a lot of fun watching. I'm glad uh, our listenership has been encouraging more of that here um, as as we move through the uh, this Minnesota Wild season that more and more looks like um, treading water as opposed to actually swimming. So we will incorporate more as the, uh, the year rolls along. So was, was an enjoyable experience to watch last night. I, one of the things that I love that the PWHL is doing, I didn't get a chance to see it happen in last night's game, but I love the notion of if you score on a penalty kill, if you are the team trying to kill a penalty and you score that it negates, that other team's power play. I love that as a concept. I wish the NHL would adopt that, um, and, and so I, I'm, I can't wait to see that play out in real time. Um, one of these games. It's just, a, it's a fantastic little wrinkle that the PWHL has added that the NHL doesn't have, and doesn't seem like they're going to ever go to that. So it's, it's fun. It's just a fun fresh spin on women's hockey, and uh, I, I enjoyed watching it last night. So just wanted to pass that along. Let's finish by discussing a familiar name who is going to be making the rounds back to the NHL and particularly the Central Division. So we'll talk about Zach Parise's potential return to the Central as we finish today's episode of Lockdown on Wilds after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employees agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to indeed.com slash locked on right now to support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So go to indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Once again, you need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Finishing things off, talking about a familiar name who it sounds like is going to make his return to the Central Division. Michael Russo talking in his most recent episode of the Worst Seats in the House podcast. Talking about Zach Parisi. And uh, according to Russo, Parisi is expected to sign with the Colorado Avalanche, skate with the team during the All-Star break, and then make his debut after the All-Star Break for the Avalanche. So Parisi, who we heard during portions of the offseason that it was the Islanders are bust. The Islanders have busted. And so uh Boston also, according to Russo, was another team that had some interest. But an interesting addition on the way for the uh, Colorado Avalanche, you look at the Avs as well. Um, in just looking at kind of what they have done so far this season, obviously, you've got those top level guys that are um, so integral to what the Avs do. Um, your Nathan McKinnon, your Miko Rantanen, Valerie Um But beyond that, I mean, you're, you've got three guys over 20 goals. You don't really have anybody else that's close. I mean, on the forward group, Jonathan Druin has 10, Ross Colton with 10, Logan O'Connor, and Ryan Johansson with 11 each. And you look at these line combinations that the Avalanche are featuring at this point, and you could definitely use some additional bottom six insurance. You're going with Lekkanen, Johansson, and Cogliano as your third line, and McDermott, Olafson, and Kivaranta as your fourth line. And so this makes a lot of sense for the Avs to add a veteran guy. The last season that Parisi was with, which was last year, he played in 82 games the last two seasons. He had 15 goals two years ago, 21 goals this past season, and was averaging 16 minutes a night last year for the Islanders. Uh, 15 minutes a night the uh the previous season. So Parisi, I think, still has plenty to offer the NHL. Obviously, he is uh getting up there in age um at 39, but if there's an opportunity for Parisi to come back and to be in a bottom six role, I think that protects him a little bit and also gives him an opportunity to latch on with a uh, team that is definitely in the Stanley cup consideration. You're always in cup consideration. If you're the Colorado avalanche with the top ends talent that, uh, that they possess, but, I think with Nishuskin in the player assistance program and with just how some of those bottom six guys have performed for the Avs so far this season, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to uh, to add a vet. It'd be no different than trying to go out and acquire somebody at the trade deadline. Colorado just trying to get a little bit of a start on that. And so it would not surprise me at all if you uh, if we see Parisi in those future matchups against the avs uh in the bottom six of the avalanche and that would just be that just be icing on the cake after spending as many years as he did with the minnesota wilds to then go to a uh, central division rival so it appears by all accounts that zach parisi is back in the central division That will finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day and for joining us for today's bonus episode covering the Iowa Wild, the PWHL, and Zach Parisi. I will encourage listeners to continue to send emails in to LockdownWild at gmail.com if you'd love to be a part of a future episode. Have had a few people reach out already, and so we're working on ironing those uh, appearances out. Uh, looking forward to uh, having a little fun. One of the uh, the emails looking to uh, try to get a little bit of my hockey story. So uh, looking forward to that. Um, and if you'd like to be part of a future episode of Lockdown Wild, just send us an email, lockdownwild at gmail.com. We will make it happen. Also, make sure to uh, drop a vote. Final few days of voting for the Sp- Sports Podcast Awards. Best hockey podcast of 2024. Lockdown Wild is one of the finalists. You can find information in the description of this video for how to do that. So, we thank you for those that have voted. If you haven't already, you still have a couple of days to do so before the voting ends. So, make sure to like this video and hit subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss out on any future episodes throughout the rest of the season. We'll see you after the game tonight for a Locked on Wild postcast. But until then, you can find all of our content by uh, heading to YouTube or just scrolling through previous episodes on your favorite podcast platforms. Locked on Wild has new episodes for you every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.